Again, free thinkers, and welcome back to the Free Thought Project podcast. My name is Jason Bassler, and joining me today is the Free Thought Project editor in chief, Matt Agarist. So, this week we had the pleasure of talking to Maj Touré. Maj is a former guest of the show, but we wanted to have him return once again because he's just so damn articulate and a great purveyor of critical thought. Now, Maj isn't one to repeat tired tropes or mince words. He has a nuanced take for just about every question that we threw at him during this conversation. Now, I should probably also admit that I'm personally a big fan of the work that Maj has been doing in Philadelphia since 2016, and I'll explain why. Many of us have found a place in online activism, and most of our work with independent journalism relies on the internet. Now, of course, there are positives and negatives to this, but Maj is actually in the streets talking to people giving his community free educational courses on not just gun rights and gun safety, but a number of topics that gives the people back the power to empower themselves. That's absolutely huge and exactly why I support Maj. Now, during this conversation, we discussed the importance of supporting each other and those who are putting in the work. So I truly hope by the end of this podcast, you really consider supporting Maj in his endeavor to keep his Solutionary Center open for years to come. What's up, Maj? Thanks so much for making some time to join us today again. And uh, I know we've been chatting a little bit here and there online about a couple of things. So I'm actually I'm happy to have some time to talk with a few of these topics with you today. Now, I know you're a busy dude with Black Guns Matter. Uh, your social media accounts are always active. It seems like you're posting at all hours of the day and the night. You've also done a, quite a few high profile interviews with Stossel and Reason over the past year. I even saw a a video of you recently on Instagram speaking at what looked like an open carry protest on the front steps of a state capitol building. So you rarely slow down. However, your your main focus is your work with the Solutionary Center in North Philadelphia, which focuses on, quote, solutions urban America needs to strengthen itself with community support. And the center hosts classes around trade, skills, conflicts, resolution, employment, and other areas that improve neighborhoods and quality of life. And of course, all these classes are free to the public. So you're out here doing the work both online and in real life, which is so important. And one of these things that we were recently chatting about and I guess venting some frustrations on was the lack of support and funding for your solutionary centers, which is seeking $500,000 to further expand your mission And, you know, we can relate here to at the Free Thought Project. We've certainly been underwhelmed by the lack of financial support by the Truth Liberty community after we took a major loss a few years back due to, you know, the the big tech censorship and everything. But don't get me wrong. Of course, there are some good people who support us. But as a community, we're definitely falling short of the mark of what's needed to survive and continue this type of work. 
And I suspect that you might be uh, maybe in the same boat. So with this being said, I think this might be a good opportunity to discuss what the Solutionary Center is, what the goals are, and why people should support your mission. Yeah. Um, first, thanks, you guys, for, for having me again. Um, I think it's very important to consistently beat the drum um, and, and do crossovers. You know what I'm saying? Like, like um, people that are liberty-minded, they try to scatter us and try to like isolate us. They, they would hope that we would follow the same Hollywood pattern of only rocking with the thing that's only good for our brand. Um, and having these types of talks in, 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 you know, urban America going over to different demographics and vice versa, just branching out, I think is super dope. So thanks, you know, again, for, for having me again. Um, in regards to the Solutionary Center, man, and the funding, we wanted to make sure that we kept all of the classes free to all. And I, I mean, when I say free, I don't mean that they don't cost anything because they cost us quite a bit in time, energy, resources, you know, things like that. But we just wanted to make sure that we removed any financial barrier to entry for anybody that wanted to come learn. I think the state does a good job of leveraging the money that they take from people to um, create, you know, government schools and you can go learn there for free. Now, the education may not be the greatest, but I think that it's important to recognize that that's what's being done. So if we could do it, if they could do it, you know, through force and coercion and taking your money, we felt like, well, we should be able to do it by collectively a group of individuals from all across the planet just saying, hey, man, I'll donate 50 bucks. Hey, man, I'll donate 20 bucks. Hey, man, I'll donate 10,000 bucks, whatever. So the, the overall concept is having a group, a bunch of individuals, whether that's individual, you know, businesses, small businesses, whatever, individual people, identifying with a collective need serving that purpose without it being collectivism right there's a, there's a shared approach and it's all mm -hmm. voluntary so we could show that we could do this without it having to be um like forced or or um you know it could just be done and i think what happened like you said with the you know the tech censorship last year they they, they seem to zap my instagram page now every time i get around around 50 to 100 thousand they'll zap it. Now, whether I know that that's people that just don't like me that are sending bots to like report the page or they just like, nah, I think that one of the, the times it was uh, just like, I was really, really adamant. We were really adamant about the COVID regime and making sure that we are telling people, no, if you want to take it, go ahead, but don't be forced, don't be coerced. So that, that, that hit us a lot in the fundraising outside of just the normal algorithms um, you know, Instagram more, more specifically and Facebook changing and what they choose to put at the front of those algorithms. Um, outside of that, then losing a hundred thousand followers or 500,000 or whatever, it could take a blow. So I, I think that the people want to be supportive. I think that their social media platforms, uh, with now the more, uh, notable exception to Twitter since Elon's taken over, I think that, um, they're trying to find us and, um, I think they need to see the importance of this collective work done by individuals. And I think that a lot of times we just got hit with the perfect storm, not even just, you know, our, you know, our mission, but like you said, you know, over, over at you guys podcast, because then right after that, we ran into this economic situation because, you know, these last two, you know, administrations decide to print up a bunch of money and go push us into hyperinflation and damn near stagflation and all that other good stuff. 
And so I think that there's a lot of people that want to support outside of the fact that they are trying to hide our content as well as um, <laughs> the money type. Like people are like, bro, the people, it's so bad on a gas tip that people don't even complain about it anymore. Yes. They're just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, damn, defeated type energy. So I think we just got hit with the perfect storm. The beautiful thing about that is um, I'm an optimist maybe to a fault. There in, in, in Japanese, I heard that the word for crisis and opportunity is like the same word. So um, the crisis that is being created by the state, currently the Biden administration and, and all of this overreaching, you know, going into people saying, yo, if you do $600 or more, we want to cut it at, you know, going into people saying we're going to, you know, tell you you can't have a gun, but send that bread, send that bread to army people of Ukraine. Um, I think it's so much crisis that the people are looking again for different energy. And so we we kind of weather in the storm. I think all liberty-based, freedom-based um, podcast content and, and workers are. And I think that the general public is getting so tired of the, the, the clear disrespect for the American people and humanity in general that I think we're about to hit a resurgence. So that's the, that's the opportunity that comes out of this crisis of not only just, you know, our pages getting, you know, throttled and, and removed, you know, and there being a struggle for fundraising. I think if we continue to fight through this, I think we will be the voice that is much more well received um, once we get through this little speed bump. So I'm optimistic. Um, obviously, you know, we, we absolutely could use everybody's support financially, um, donate if everybody can, but we still gonna rumble, man. We're gonna try, we got to the end of December, uh, to try to get this number, but we're we gonna figure it out. I think I think the American people, you know, there's a reason why we like Rocky. You know, what I'm saying like that underdog story <laughs> is something that's beautiful. Once 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 the underdogs of liberty and freedom um, actually win, and so if we just win, then this is all you know a good part of the story. I remember this to, to finish off. I remember that Michael Jordan used to say he never lost a game. He said he never lost a game. He just ran out of time, you know. And so we we're not going to lose. We just you know we we just running up against the clock. And so if we look at it that way, um, as as people come around, some of the people that we know uh, at some point didn't understand freedom or didn't understand liberty. If we stay in this fight with them long enough, as our brothers and sisters in in arms and in, in humanity, they come around because it's inevitable. It's a good point, man. I think the reason that why we're so censored is because we show that the emperor has no clothes. Mm -hmm. We show how how incompetent and irrelevant that the state has become. And like they they promise all these things like over the, the elections in November. You know, we, we were told crime is a ma major issue. You know, you vote for us and, and we're going to fix it. And like neither party has done shit to fix either. You know, over it's gotten worse. And in, in, as they've been in office and thrown more money at it, you know, one of the one of the situations that I've recently seen is in is in Philadelphia where, you know, crime is going through the roof. Like there's these there's this some kind of new drug called Trank or something is turning these people into zombies. And uh, the murder rates like almost doubled from 2019. And they just threw another like whatever, 40 million dollars at the police department. It's already the fourth largest police department in the country. And they have, you know, this massive police state in Philadelphia and it can't stop people from getting carjacked at the while they pump gas right so what are the what like the now that the irrelevancy and incompetence of the state is naturally 
being shown through and, and people have to react to that. So what are they doing? They're, they're hiring private security and private, you know, people with AR 15s and, and shotguns to protect these places. And I think it showed through on a, a recent survey I saw on like a local news channel out of Philadelphia where like 97% of the people supported private security with AR 15s because it had to get a lot worse for them before, you know, before they were able to accept that, you know, like people, the, the left is all, they hate guns and they hate, uh, you know, self-defense and, and any type of mention of private security or anything like that. But <clears throat> when it comes down to being carjacked while you pump gas, you know, then, then right. that makes you change your mind. And hopefully it doesn't get that bad, but that's, that's what we're trying to do here. That's what we're, you know, that's what you're trying to do. Maybe you've even taught some of these people that are actually being hired to, to guard these gas stations and stuff like that. So here's the funny thing about that. There's several things that you said that, um, one, um, we started in black, uh, the Solutionary Center in Philly with the stated goal. Last year, we had 562 homicides in Philadelphia. Um, it was our bloodiest year in Philadelphia history. Um, in 2016, when we started Black Guns Matter, we only did classes in Philly and the violent crime rate was the lowest it had been since 1979. In 2021, we did no classes in Philadelphia. We were traveling around. For the last three years, as we've been traveling around, the violent crime in Philly from 2016 continued to grow. So we said, okay, let's get back to Philly. Let's open this center. And we have not done as much as we would have liked at the Solutionary Center. We just really kind of was getting in the groove. But here's the irony. We focused on Philadelphia again. And violent crime in Philadelphia for 2022, as opposed to 2021, has decreased 7%. Now, the year that we concentrated hard on Philly, it was the lowest violent crime ever in Philadelphia history. Last year, excuse me, this year, the violent crime compared to the most bloody year ever, we've helped get it down 7%. That's still not the win that I want it to be because we had a goal of 25%. And unless we do some magic over the next three weeks, it's probably not going to be breaking 20% or 15%. However, it speaks to, if you just concentrate on educating the people, giving them resources, giving them power and letting them and removing that financial barrier to entry, you can see percentage drops in the things that we all say we want. Anti-gunners, pro-gun, whatever. Nobody is like, you know what? Let's keep the crime going. Now, the state may be because it's good for business, but the general public is not. So that's the first thing on that. The In regards to the guys that are arming those um, gas stations, I know the gas station that that is. That's not too far from where I live in Philly, in North Philly, right? Um, I love the fact that the... Uh, owner of the gas station did it. Uh, first and foremost, that place was getting ransacked. Like people was running in there, stealing whole racks of stuff. His car had got vandalized. People were getting carjacked. So I love that he hired security to defend that space. However, two things. One, the general public should be armed. There's still a, that, that private business choosing to defend and assist defending their customers is great. Is a private business, he can choose to do that. But I want the people to understand there's still a certain level of, if you're depending on that security guard that you don't know his level of training and proficiency, you have to, you, you're gonna leave, you don't live at the gas station. You should have the means to defend yourself at that and other gas stations and wherever you are in the city of Philadelphia or abroad. So I wanna 
challenge mm -hmm. people to remember, hey guys, don't think, don't lean on outsourcing your security to private security or the state. You are responsible for you. The second point about that company, the security company, here's some background on that guy that runs that company. His name is Andre Boyer. Andre Boyer was fired from the Philadelphia Police Department for being literally, this is not figuratively, literally, had the most civilian complaints. And in the hood, we don't even do civilian complaints like that. He had more civilian complaints than any police officer in Philadelphia history. He is a horrible human, a trash, like, like, a, like a trash human being. I actually got in a fight with that guy on a train years ago. He, he did not identify himself as a police officer. I had a warrant for a false accusation and I got in a fight with him on the train because he didn't identify himself as a police officer. Um, outside of that, the history with that guy, he's also just a very erratic, um, overzealous person. He's, he's taken a vendetta against the Philly, Philadelphia Police Department. That's why he's a private security dude now. He's taking that vendetta because he's been fired and he got fired because he was too hot. He, he wasn't they weren't they weren't they didn't fire him because they cared about the citizens of Philadelphia being abused by him. They cared because he was making them too hot. And that's why he's no longer a Philadelphia police officer. He's also the fire. The, excuse me, the police officer that's responsible for years ago taking pictures of Meek Mill when he was arrested on Halloween and like putting them on social media. That's that guy. He is not a good representative of what I would call um, an upstanding citizen. I think he's found a lane, and I think that the general public doesn't know who he is, and he's hiding behind this noble cause, which is a noble cause of arming people and showing people that they have the right to defend themselves. But he's a fucking scumbag. Like that, in reality, he's a scumbag, and um, I just I kind of like try to balance that out. I think I would love for the general public to take heed to what he and, and that those guys are saying in regards to um, protecting yourself and they should do it themselves. And they should not feel uncomfortable going to gas stations or anywhere that has armed people there designed to assist in defense, but they should not uh, rely solely on somebody else's, you know, goodwill with an AR. <laughs> For sure, man. That's a, there's a point to be made though about this uh, Boyd guy that you mentioned um, who was a piece of shit cop now he's in the private sector, right? So now he's mm -hmm. going to be held accountable because he can't hide behind qualified immunity right. and, and the badge and everything. So if he does mess around and fuck up, he's going to get, you know, he's going to get called to task. <laughs> so yeah. that's a, that's, that's, that just shows the power of privatization, you know, like right. you could take a scumbag cop and he's, and, and put him on in a, in a private outfit and put him behind a gas station. And now he's actually accountable for his actions. Right. 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 He's accountable for the thing that he's he does. Now, let me even though I don't like him, I think I agree with what he's what they're doing. I agree with it. I just, I just think, I, you know, I think that the most powerful thing to do is to um, find areas with people that you don't like. Find out where you can find agreement with them. Like he's an American, you know, I, I, I in no shape or form do I think he would hesitate to stop a bad guy from uh you know costing a citizen and no way shape i don't think that about him i think that he's also going to learn very very quickly um you ain't a cop no more so you can't hide behind, behind that badge and there's a lot of dudes in the street that he did dirty that's coming home soon 
there's I know an elder, and not not to knock him per se, but this is the this is the you know the precious of the state, right? The ring. When you put that badge on, if you're not you know very very careful, um, it's a gang. It's a gang, and you have to be very careful to remember you know because I know guys that really really take the job. And they're like, I want to protect people. I want to do so forth and so on. And, and, and that's a noble ideology. I understand their reasoning. But I would challenge people to recognize, um, you know, the power of a badge with a gang that's very powerful. And if you don't kowtow to what the gang says, the acceptable level of violence towards the people is, one, they'll drop you. And two, um, it's a hard adjustment to realizing that the team that you had is not going to back you up anymore. You know, so your actions have to be as such. I think it'll be an interesting transition. I think that everyone should find out um, some people that they don't like, that they can find out what they agree with them on. And I think we'll have more peace and prosperity in the world, um, even if it's just civil dialogue. You know, even if, it's, you know, I don't I don't wish any I wish him success. I wish blessings to everybody but i just think that we all got to remember to your point you know the state and that that so-called public sector um creates potentially can create like like psychopaths like like legit like i get to do whatever i want and forget everybody else and when you have that ring on that you know from the lord of the rings you got to be very you got to be a certain type of people you know you got to be a certain type of person you got to be honorable. And I, I I always use the example of like Thor's hammer, you know, like there's only a few people that are righteous enough to pick that hammer up. And I think that if you're going into any sector, you should be thinking, am, am I being, am I living my life in such a righteous and freedom-based way that I could pick up Thor's hammer, you know? And if that's true, then live your life. And if it's not, you should really reevaluate what you're doing and, and, and where you, the next steps that you're about to make. Because again, in that private space, in that real world where you know you don't have the the covering of the state, um, you are fully accountable. Even if you get caught, you know, uh, doing stuff with the state, even if you get sued, you ain't really accountable because it ain't your money. It's the it's the people's money that they're gonna pay off your your debts with. So I just think it's a great opportunity to exercise, you know, finding somebody that you disagree with, or example of that, uh, of finding someone that you disagree with recognizing what they're adding to the world for the private sector and privatization in that regard, as well as the understanding of accountability. We learn through contrast. If I know I don't want to be a scumbag, whether they work for the state or not, if I don't like that as a follower, I'm not going to do that as a leader. Great points, man. And there's certainly a, a night and day difference between the public sector and the private sector, right? And uh, this this individual who it's, I guess, taken on this this role as security for the gas station, we'll soon find out if he's actually providing value to the to the community, right? And I think, as Matt just mentioned, that's the difference here is that as a law enforcement employee, we don't have that opportunity to fire him, right? We don't have that option. That's just not in the cards. They extract money from us, regardless of the quality of service, if they're accountable or not. So this gives us an opportunity to actually vote with our lifestyle, vote with our dollars to, uh, you know, be able to keep certain firms or companies in our communities that are actually providing value and doing good. So there is a market choice there. And I think that's the, the profound difference here between 
uh, a public sector employee, a police employee, and that's you know private security uh, company guard, I guess you could say in, in this case. But I kind of wanted to take a step back a little bit um, and just talk a little bit more about the whole social media thing because I know that you were recently taken down your third Instagram account, which is absolutely frustrating. I don't know where it topped out at, but I, I know that this is something is like a reoccurring problem for you. And absolutely, when we don't have that type of reach, it's it's nearly impossible to get the support that we need. And I, obviously, these big tech you know companies, they know that they're trying to make it intentionally difficult for us. The, the algorithms, the same thing, right? They're they're programming these algorithms so. People like us, our organizations, our information are at the bottom of the feed. And all these things are ultimately orchestrated by big tech. But I love the point that you brought up that on a long enough timeline, we're going to be the people who prevail here. And I, I absolutely believe that. I think we have to be eternal optimists. And Bruce Lee once said, you know, this isn't a direct quote, but you can't be defeated until you actually admit defeat. And I, I feel like as time goes on, the mainstream, the corporate media, they're going to continue to lose credibility while our clout continues to grow. And as we continue to provide information that's based in fact, truth and evidence, of course, logic and reason, both those things are incredibly important. So I joined one of your live streams a few weeks back and I chimed in and I was kind of sharing your frustrations and the lack of support that we're getting. And I think ultimately why it bothers me is that I don't believe we're necessarily entitled to the support. But I believe we could be so much more powerful when we have that mentality of supporting each other. And I often say that our opponents, whether it be the state or our ideological opponents on both the left and the right, they have so much more cohesiveness and they're much more organized in their support for their beliefs and their agenda. And I guess that's like where my frustration comes in is because we could be doing so much more if we we're organized, coordinated and properly funded. So I guess it's like no secret that libertarians and infighting are, are basically synonymous, you know, like this is something I think most of us have witnessed and we tend to find like issues and beefs with each other frequently. And it's not necessarily even on principles or theory. Sometimes it's just insignificant, just petty critiques. And it ultimately detracts from the movement and, and displaces focus, in my opinion. So I've actually had people suggest to me that this is something that's possibly a good thing because we're all individuals in this liberty movement. We don't mindlessly accept narratives or ideas like, I don't know, like the Democrats might do by putting party first. But like, where do you stand on this topic? And like, what do you think could be done to address the, the lack of cohesiveness in striving for the bigger goals within the liberty community? It has to always be balanced. You, you, it has to be balanced. It has to be um, like, so the, the, so the model that I gave earlier, right? As people catch on, you know, tortoise or the hair type vibe, as people catch on and say, I am making an individual choice to add to a collective. I am making an individual decision to consistently support it or not. And that in conjunction with the um, heavy lifting that like the, the Biden administration alone is doing. And I'm not saying it's limited to the Biden administration because as a libertarian, I'm outside of that Democrat and Republican thing. Um, there may be some conservative overlap and maybe in like, uh, you know, cultural conservative being more conservative. Right. Like, but the reality is as, as the Biden administration continues to make more and more blunders and more and more contradictions, like the thing, you know, we were talking about earlier on the live about, you know, you brought home a guy 
not necessarily just, you know, uh, Borholm Brittany Griner for what people look, oh, he's a, he's an arms dealer, right? But you make the mistake of not bringing home an armed service member or not, or maybe not even negotiating that person or that pawn, you know, that pawn on your chessboard, right? Because that's what they view us as. They're doing things that both so-called sides are going, nah, bro. I think I need to lean more in the direction of those things that those crazy people over at the Free Thought Project were talking about. Those guys don't seem so crazy anymore. No different than, you know, at the start of the so-called pandemic, you know, uh, everybody said I was crazy because I was going everywhere that they said there was a hot spot. Oh, Florida's a hot spot. I'm going to Florida, bro. The flights are cheap um, and whatever. Oh, I'm crazy because I bought an RV because, you know, I kept getting kicked off planes for not wearing a mask, right? So it, it becomes a, after a while, you know, these so-called conspiracy theorists, it ain't a theory. There are people conspiring to do a thing, but these so-called conspiracy theories, theorists seem to be right. And even the people that you celebrated to vilify these so-called theorists, those people are doing things that's even off-putting to you, you know? So if the black community says, hey, we're now buying guns at rapid and record-setting paces, and then if I've been saying the whole time, hey, you guys know that gun control is racist, and on top of it being racist, you know, as more of us buy more guns, um, the, the democratic arm of the, you know, uniparty uni is going to start creating more legislation, and then they do it, right? And then they go, oh, my God, I, my, I just bought this gun. I just finally, after the pandemic happened, and they weren't saying, they saying the police weren't going to be called. I had to protect my own thing. I tapped into Maj because Maj was like, hey, bro, the police aren't there to actually protect you. They have no legal obligation to do so. You thought I was crazy then. Then you're like, oh, shoot, he was right. Then you buy the gun. Then I say, hey, bro, you know, if you buy it, they're going to try to make a rule so you can't have it. Then they do that. The state is doing the heavy lifting for us. They just slow. And the people sometimes are slow to really not see it, but to acknowledge it because they because because they were in alignment and in lead with some of the people making fun for being a so-called conspiracy theorist. Hmm. But if we maintain the balance and understand, you know, that they babies and they enlightenment at this moment. And that's not a diss. We all were at certain stages of enlightenment on this thing. Well, I don't mean just like yoga mats and like Tibetan singing bowls. I mean, in the sense of like study and evaluating what the state is, what we are as humans, what the American ideal was supposed to mean. We were all neophytes in that at some point. So if we can maintain that balance and respect for our own growth, we should be able to maintain that balance and respect for others' growth. And then those people, because the state is doing a heavy lifting for us, they're coming our way. I mean, like for 40 years, Dr. Ron Paul has been, has been like, swish, swish, <laughs> swish. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And so imagine, you know, we got to think about it like, yo, we've been doing it for maybe five, 10 years in that sense of like enlightened, translating it, translating it better, getting people to understand without creating adversarial situations. If we've been doing it for a year, two years, five years, wherever each listener is at on this journey, right? Imagine how Ron Paul feels for 40 years. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what I mean? And And so if we do it that way, our leadership is, is, is cultivated stronger as well as our ability to receive the people that are now willing to receive our information 
and you know team up and find ways where we work, that makes us bigger. Again, in the end, we win. Tyrants, every time in human history, every time, every single time, there's never a time that the tyrant didn't fall. Every time. They may even take the empire with it. Don't get me wrong. You know, Caesar, you know, <laughs> like the empire may fall with it. But every time tyrants fall, the chattel slavery in America was a very long time. It fell. You know, the, 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 what, insert whichever one. So if we step back from the elephant and look at the grand scale of it all, and evaluate that com and comparatively man like th the conspiracy theorists so-called are being proven right now in like six to eight months so the speed of information even with our throttling even with our uh, banning from the pages even with not receiving the type of support that we honestly should be getting financially and socially even with that bro like we're making we're, we're leaps and bounds beyond sure. if we got a hundred thousand followers right and the algorithm said you're only going to reach two thousand people today out of a hundred thousand think about this for a second dr martin luther king john brown frederick Douglass did not have the internet to get those two thousand people in that day so we just got to keep our heads in the fight and appreciate this beauty man it's like a woman in the sense of guys we struggle sometimes with you know our women are um you know because they're so beautifully different and similar and i'm not saying this to be funny i'm saying that in the sense of just re respecting the differences our women sometimes challenge us in ways um and we look at it the wrong way we love the ocean women are the ocean we love the ocean and we love you know jet skiing and surfing and swimming and all of that but for some reason we want to get mad at storms that's a part of the damn ocean like it's a part of it so like this part this beautiful struggle that we're in while we're making progress vastly beyond what we've been able to do in the last 10 years i mean young people aren't even falling for some of this shit now like the state is working overtime to convince people so much so that within the first two years of a presidency Saki just leaves she just leaves <laughs> she's like you know what never mind no one believes you well she's circling so, back she's yeah she's circling back <laughs> you know what i'm saying but <laughs> like these things are so beautiful when you recognize it as a spiritual journey when you recognize it whatever your belief system <laughs> is if you practice looking at it like that you know i'm not going to argue with my mate i struggle um if if this is really my mate um they're asking more of me right she's she's nagging me because i'm watching netflix but the reality is she knows that you kind of like could be doing more than watching netflix right now bro this that's that's the way that we should look at this struggle you know and not to not to say oh it's right the way that it's going no there's there absolutely should be more support there absolutely should be lack of throttling but then you got to move like the richest think about this the richest dude in the world um and there's other things that i disagree with elon on um but the richest dude in the world just decided i know that on my, my twitter page has been getting like the, something's changing for the better i don't know what they did over there but because i'm not a techie dude but i can definitely see the difference there so 
we take these small bites and these small victories and, and we, you know, contrast and compare them to um, what our elders and ancestors were able to do and not do in way longer, vast periods of time. So we can be appreciative for that and then work those 2000 people a day, bro, while still recognizing and calling out the clear, you know, my Facebook, one of our Facebook groups has like 60,000 members, but I post a video and it gets like three views. Like, all right, cool. This right. is absolutely blatant, right? <laughs> so we can still call that, but at the same time, making sure that we have a balance, bro, like making sure that that balance of appreciating these two minds that we touch today, you know, getting someone in that live that, you know, we were on before this, um, getting somebody to recognize their own contradiction about, you know, call, calling uh, Victor Bout a criminal simply for selling a firearm, right. you know, and showing them the contradiction of them not saying, well, that's the state does the same thing. You know, the, the, showing somebody the contradiction of saying, yeah, that guy should go to jail. He's a weed dealer. And it's like, bro, you know that cigars, which I smoke and cigarettes, which I do not smoke, they kill like 100,000 people a year, yet that's legal. And then doubling down and saying, so if the state says it's legal, it's okay, but unless you have, unless you have a, don't have their license, if you don't have their license to sell that same cigarette that you paid for, and you sell it as a Lucy, you might get choked to death like Eric Garner. So when you show someone that contradiction, and their mind opens up, we have to maintain the balance of appreciating that because we're creating force multipliers. And it, I promise you guys, not y'all, but like the listeners, um, it, it's moving exponentially faster than it used to be. And we have to be mindful and appreciative of that. I feel like some of our best guests find a way to stay optimistic and, and try to see the positive that's happening and not just focus on the negative, which there's plenty of, right? There's an excess of, of negative news and negative information. And we could very easily get stuck in that low vibration mindset. So I very much appreciate that this is where you're coming from, Maj. And yeah, as far as the conspiracy theorists, like what are we now, like 56 and O or something like that after <laughs> COVID, you know, like, I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we're having a pretty good batting average at this point. And I love the point that you're, you're making. And I've actually said this myself and maybe not quite as elegantly, but if you take a look at the spectrum of time that people have had the internet, you know, in their fingertips, I mean, most of us got a smartphone around like what, 2007 or so, but let's just say the internet as a whole, like maybe what, 20 years, 22, around 2000, most yeah. people had the internet, right? So if you look at it from that perspective, we've made a shitload of progress in just 20 years considering most of us were in the dark as far as our own principles, values, ideology beforehand. So I often talk to a good friend of mine, Gavin Nasciamento, and you know we, we vent to each other, we share about things. And I sometimes get a little too caught up with the fact checkers and the constant targeting and all the shit we got to deal with just to try to survive in this industry. But Gavin's always telling me like, don't sweat it. Just look at the bigger picture and don't forget they want you to be upset. Yep. They want you to be frustrated. They want you to feel like you're getting wear, worn down to the bone. So that's exactly what we can't do. We can't allow ourselves yeah. to just tap out and say, okay, I'm done with this. We have to stay on this timeline. We have to be consistent. Maybe take a step back if that's what you need. Take a little time for yourself. Get your mind right. You know, that's absolutely important. I've been there. I've had, you know, anxiety issues before dealing with this work. It happens. And not to mention the thousands of 
you know, heartbreaking police brutality videos that have certainly charred my soul. I'm sure Matt's as well. As you were saying, the pendulum will swing back towards liberty and it always does always goes from, you know, tyranny and swings back to liberty. And it's just a matter of time. Now, Ron Paul, as you were saying too, you know, like, man, that guy is the goat like a hundred percent. And uh, what he's seen, I could only imagine, hopefully all three of us in this conversation right now do have another 30 you know, years in us in this movement. And maybe by that time, who knows, like maybe we'll be in the history books as well. I think that we're doing the good work and that's exactly why I call myself an abolitionist, right? Because we're trying to move past this new modern form of economic slavery. And I think it's, it's more than that, obviously, but largely that's what we're focused on. We did have a chance to talk to Cody Wilson on this podcast back in early September. And, you know, we were just talking about conspiracy theories and everything. Our conversation with Cody was amazing. I think I even sent you a link, Maj. And, and to anyone who hasn't listened to it, like, if you're enjoying this podcast, you'll probably enjoy that episode as well. So definitely check that out. But during that conversation, we asked Cody if he'd ever entertained the idea of false flags being orchestrated to further push gun control and red flags. And I know it's always like a mixed bag asking intelligent people about their take on topics like that because they often have an attached negative connotation because, you know, the word the words conspiracy theory could be interpreted as taboo to like a certain percentage of Americans, you know, but I believe it's an important conversation and it's an important topic to broach because if it is happening, like we need to be aware of it and we should never just be vilified for simply asking questions. Yep. So in your opinion, uh, do you also think that the frequency of these mass shootings, especially when they're so close in proximity, as far as like the time between them could perhaps be engineered to promote fear to push these gun control agendas in America? If I didn't know about operation like Northwoods, Paperclip, you know, like, like this, this isn't like a theory anymore. Like it becomes a, it becomes a legitimate, how many times do I need to pull out the file, you know, <laughs> COINTELPRO, which was a thing in the 60s, and it's evolved, right? MK Ultra, Operation Paperclip, the Patriot Act, Operation Warp Speed, NDAA, Iran-Contra, the Bilderbergs, Mockingbird. Like, at a certain point when it becomes proven, and it just because it's been like, oh, the CIA dropped, dropped drugs off in a community, you know, in their 70s and 80s, now they're talking about it on a TV show because it's 30, 40 years later. Well, the shit that they're doing, like, again, the speed, you know, the book, The Real Dr. Fauci is a real thing. It exists. <laughs> and and so knowing that much and seeing it damn near over the last two, two and a half years at this point and watching it happen and unfold, you're hard pressed to have so much trust in the state that you didn't, wouldn't think that that would happen. Like there's, there's documents where it was like, to, went to Kennedy and was like, yo bro, we're gonna pretend like, we're gonna pretend like Cuba did some shit. And we're gonna like maybe blow up a ship or um, kill some Americans. Like this is not, this is not like, the, uh, Scandal with Olivia Pope is a TV show that talks about some of these things openly. It's an open subversive movement. And so knowing that, why would I think that, you know, 
they will be above shooting up a school. The, the Vegas shooting, right? I saw mm. footage of people in the crowd with all black on shooting at humans. I saw it. I saw it. Um, the story does not hold up. It doesn't. A, fr a good friend of mine, um, Mark Victor, he's an attorney over in uh, Phoenix. He was tasked with defending the gun shop owner that sold the ammo to the guy that they said did the shooting in the Vegas shooting. Stephen Paddock. Yeah. Magically, this just poof. No more case. No one. Nobody even talks about it. So, yes, I think that shit is designed. Um, but it's what government and the state does. Politics, by definition, is the securing, maintenance, and expansion of your interests. And if your interests or the people that finance you, their interests then by proxy become your interests. If their interest is we want a one world government that we can control, turn people off and turn them on their finances and whatever and control them that way while they have the illusion of safety, while they continue to shop and they don't have the means to defend against it. If that's my agenda and the thing stopping it is a bunch of armed, strong people, you goddamn right. I'm going to do everything in my power as the supervillain to convince and finance everybody to put aims in that direction. You know what's standing in the way of that right now? Probably for the, you know, by and large, America, like us rednecks and hood people and <laughs> suburbanites and people with guns, with guns that at a certain point, even the police will go, this is stupid. This is dumb. The resistance, the, the like the risk reward ratio changes when everybody got a gun, especially when you're talking about urban pacification where everybody got a gun. And then after a while, you demoralize the agent, the foot soldiers for the state because too many of them are getting popped in their face in center mass because they're trying to violate the American people. So absolutely, I got to change the culture to make people, oh, I got to play to their emotions. So they, we got to get rid of these guns. So if I was an evil villain, it's a smart move on a chessboard, especially when I can then over-inform people and put false narratives out and then... Anyone that asks the question, I can label a so-called conspiracy theorist term created by the CIA, right? I can do all of this. It's a smart play. Like, at, like a good chess player sits in the seat of the bad guy, too. If I, if I was a villain, it's like I used to rob people for a living. I, I robbed drug dealers. That was my job, right? And I was villainous shit. It was villainy. And so thinking from a villain standpoint, yeah, absolutely, I convince you to, like, let me and the people that I control have all of the guns. The quickest way to do that is to convince the good people that want death to stop. Anti-gunners aren't bad people. They're misinformed. They don't know history. And their good feelings are displaced. They don't see the levels of evil that government is willing to go to to get their politics secured. So they just want the hurting to stop. And I understand it. So I would absolutely try to convince those people by killing a bunch of people every so often, right before there's some legislation going up that could add more strength to their uh, the uh, those people's ability to defend themselves, i.e. the Vegas shooting, right before the Hearing Protection Act was about to go through and that got stalled and, and tossed, right? Then somebody else gets shot, like a politician right before this was about to come up. 
So yeah, like on the chessboard, it's a good chess move. So I'm not opposed to it. And the history of the United States government indicates that they're willing to do that type of shit. If I didn't think that they was, you know, willing to do that, I would have to believe that like jet fuel melts steel beams. And it's not true. <laughs> so nah, bro, I don't, I don't, my, my Nana used to say, God bless the dead, right? My Nana used to say, respect the devil. And I didn't really fully understand it, you know? And there's, you know, when you think you're smart, you think you got it all together, you can't imagine the levels of resources, time, energy, depth, and the ancient energy that the devil is. And the devil is a metaphor for all things evil. So when you think you're so smart that you start leaning in the direction of, man, that could never, they would never, you are about to be, you're about to have a rude awakening. So you just got to respect the evil of the devil and respect your enemy on a chessboard. So, yeah, I, I mean, and I, and, I, and I hate to say it this way, uh, but, you know, currently we live in America and our government is is wild. It's, 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 it's just wild. But this is the nature of the state. So if we peel back from America, there has been no thing in world history that has murdered more humans than government. Nothing. So for me to think that they wouldn't like shoot a couple hundred people. Nah. That, like to get the agenda, it the moral conundrum is not a conundrum then. It's not. It's not. It's not the moral conundrum. If we if we identify drug dealers, right? Like that used to like sell heroin to somebody's mom they've made do with that they've made they've made you know i get it it's a free exchange whatever whatever right if we associate that with someone willing to do anything for you know a few hundred thousand to a million dollars a year what the fuck do we think pfizer in conjunction with the state will do so nah bro i i i wholeheartedly based on historical context and um lived experience and that addiction to the ring, um, the, the the protection that comes along with the state, um, I absolutely know, you know, that these are things that governments will have and will continue to do unless we stop them. Like like most humans, don't work on themselves enough to resist the temptation of evil. If they like, if you could, if you could, most people, if you said to them, you could do anything, no one would find out. And if you did this thing that we want you to do, you'd get a, a, a billion dollars, right? And the 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 thing is, you got to kill this one person. You just got to kill this random person. You don't know him. You know, you know, most people would struggle with that if they knew the person. But if it's an absolute stranger, you just kill him. You won't have immunity and we'll give you a billion dollars. Most people have not taken the time to question themselves to say, no, morally that's wrong and I'm not gonna do it. So if general the general public has not evaluated themselves that way, you give someone a license to kill in the name of the state and then hit them with a psyop that they're doing it for the greater good, they're gonna smoke something. And Nah, with that understanding, I absolutely believe these, a lot of these things are manufactured. It's, some of the stories don't don't line up. And I think it's safe for us to say it in a manner um, where we can avoid 
civil liability like Alex Jones just got hit with. Um, so I'm not saying that the death isn't real. I think for it to be a good chess move, the death has to be real. You know, I don't think that the, the, the state is making a moral choice there. Like, just pretend, make them all crisis actors and then, like, don't let no death happen. I think they are like, no, we got to have some death. It's collateral damage, you know. Right. And so I absolutely think that they would. And like like you said, the CIA coined that term conspiracy theory, right? They they immediately tried to associate any kind of question against the government with some guy that's got tinfoil on his head. And so it, it immediately tries to discredit right. it. And we were talking about Ron Paul, you know, and, and the censorship that we face right now. Uh, just imagine being Ron Paul, like for 40 years, right? No one even listened to the guy. He was brought on talk shows and people pointed and laughed at him while he talked about ending the drug war. He had absolutely no support, you know, not until like his campaign in 2007 started to get, you know, like this massive grassroots backing. Did he even have any like uh, base, you know, like there was there was this fringe base that kind of supported Ron Paul, but I'd never heard of him before 2007. I'm sure you guys might not have either. You know, most people I know haven't heard, didn't hear of him. So he stuck at that shit for 30 years with with the reach of about a 500 people that maybe liked him, you know, like, and these people were writing books about the shit that no one was reading. And then, you know, and then it blasted off onto the scene in 2007 and it woke up millions and millions of people. Right. It's, it's amazing. I, I, even though that censorship is, is still happening right now, it's, it's even, it seems like it might even be getting worse because they're getting better at it. They're associating, they're using the association fallacy to make people that, do challenge the government in peaceful manner look like terrorists or domestic terrorists or something like that. So, but it, I, I think that that, that people are seeing through it. Like you said, Saki quit and, and it's because like no one believes the government anymore. There's this massive waking up and there's people like that just five years ago, you couldn't, I couldn't talk about just psychedelics with my family, you know, like it was like this taboo subject and, and well, maybe a little longer than five years ago, but you know, now, like I talk about it openly. I openly talk about like right now, you know, I take I take mushrooms like this is people are waking up at a massive scale like never before. And it's in spite of this censorship. But, you know, we've said earlier on the podcast that like some, you know, it all the tyrannies fall and in Rome, it was certainly bad. And so and as people wake up, I have no doubt that the state is going to clinch its grip on society and the minds of the of masses to try to stop this mass awakening from happen happening because you know that means they'll lose their control if they do that's the question for you Maj. how do we lessen the damage that is inevitably going to be caused when the state does eventually have to crack down and such a scale that because the awakening becomes too massive you can't there's there's nothing that you can do there's, there's nothing. You just got to prepare for it. There's, there's like, it's like going to the gym. <laughs> the muscle got to grow. It has to be stressed. You, it has to be time under tension. It has to be, it, it cannot, it's called a growing pain. It can't, it, it just can't. Um, now. But certainly there's varying degrees, right? There's, there's, there's scorched earth nuclear holocaust, which nobody wants. And then there's some rebellions in which a few people might get killed and, and, you know, eventually something more 
free and prosperous comes out of that. So there's definitely I think it's that one. I think it's that one. I think it's I think it's, you know, the three percenters came out of this concept that like three percent of the, the the men and women that were fighting in the American, you know, the excuse me, the Revolutionary War, like th only three percent got busy and, sh and bust their guns. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. There's a there's an Instagram uh, video of that. Uh, I think he's an Italian comedian where he's like, you think you need all of these people and you don't. You all you need is three motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, you give me you give me three <laughs> badasses and you're finished. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like that. It's like it, the inevitability is the resistance of the state, unless the state is just like because the state is made up of us. That's where the cultural revolution comes at. The state is made up of people that believe an ideology. And if they're successful at convincing certain people that this ideology is right and exact, they're going to fight to death for that. They think that those police officers that were locking up people that wanted to convene at church over the last two years, those police officers last week that shut down a business for defying the mandates two years ago, you could see in their faces when a guy was recording them very peacefully, you could see that they was fucking, they were sour. They, they you know, they still did it. But it wasn't with the same level of anger and like, no, you're going to jail. Da, 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 right now, my point here is you just got to convince those people and get the babies to understand that the state is never their friend. And so if we sh that's where, you know, extreme leftists have been successful in art, culture, um, you know, hijacking like at the university level and reverse engineering that back down to like the kindergarten level. We just have to do the same thing now. So that part could be the cultural revolution where nobody buys it anymore everybody's like no i'm not going to go work for the atf no i'm not taking one of these irs eighty thousand jobs no that's stupid why would i do that that's dumb you know if we are the people like the ron pauls of decades prior educating people more massively and more efficiently and more uh, exp uh, expeditiously we shift the culture so that's one way where it's absolutely doesn't even have to we ain't got to fire a shot the problem is certain people that have already been conditioned to believe that what they're doing is righteous. There are police officers that really believe that them pulling somebody over and giving them a ticket for going five miles over the speed limit when no one has crashed. They really believe that that's doing their part. They yeah. really believe that. These are good men and women, good humans, probably have great families and all of that. They have they really believe that generating revenue for the state is keeping the streets safe. We have failed to inform the culture impactfully enough where no one would ever believe that. No one. Right. So we need better representatives. We have to make sure that we're staying in the fight. Um, and, and that's that's the second part of the cultural revolution. Right. And if there are people that are, are beyond reproach that then do the bidding of the puppeteers. Unfortunately, somebody has to fucking get shot period that's how america was built someone had to get shot red coats were shot that that's american and i'm not saying randomly walk out to someone and shoot them that's stupid i'm saying i have a right to exist you as an agent of the state or foot soldier for the state do not determine where and how i exist if you respect that right while i'm respecting property rights and not being any i don't have the right to exercise my rights in somebody's private space, including their store, right? So if they ask me to leave, I'll leave. But if you come on and try to traverse onto my property, telling me what I have to do in my space, I'm going to fuck you up, period.
And we have to acknowledge that we need to put the fear of the, the, the public servant, because they, they're there to serve. If they're not doing that, they're not fit to serve. And I get to exist on these lands, and especially in my personal space and private property. I don't care what you thought or someone told you I did. If you can respect that line, then cool. And if not, we can go to violence. That is, an, that is an American trait. That is an American as apple pie. The police understand this. Criminals understand this. The average American citizen understands that. We just have to put some meaning behind those words again. And if we do that a few times, a few times, you'll be surprised the, you know, the butterfly effect that it has. Officers will go, yeah, that's stupid. I'm not risking my life, my pension and all of that for something stupid that this guy's doing on his own private property. If we have strong enough people that are willing to defend what they believe, defend the turf, de defend the trap, defend the land, that are hardcore Americans, then we, we put a dent in that and, and, and we lead by example. We got, it, might, it might have to be some examples around this motherfucker. I just don't think that it goes all the way to nuclear situation because even the bag, even the, even, you know, even the puppeteers, they still need, you know, working slaves. So they, 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 they know how to fall back and, re, and regroup. So we should make it financially advantageous for them to fall back and regroup long term. That's all. I think equally as important as well is to make sure that we're doing our best to educate uh, the general public yes. on the, the theories and concept of private property and understanding that. And as you said, you know, the younger generations, they get that a lot of this is bullshit, that it's trash coming from the government, that these media narratives aren't legitimate, that they're, you know, spun to give themselves advantages or give themselves a moral high ground, right? But if they don't understand the concepts of private property, then we're going to have a problem there. And ultimately, that's what private property is supposed to do is limit conflicts. So I think right. that should be uh, just a little addendum to everything that you just said, which was brilliant. All right, free thinkers, this episode is nearing its end. Just a reminder, we've been working extremely hard to bring you some of the most powerful voices in the truth liberty movement. We work tirelessly for you to bring these concepts to the masses and to educate and wake up those who continue to sleep. Please don't forget to consider donating or subscribing if you appreciate the work we do. It's becoming more and more difficult to do this, and we can no longer depend on social media advertisers of big tech monetization. Our support network is you. So help us rebuild this organization by going to our website, thefreethoughtproject.com, and at the top you'll find tabs for our memberships and donations. Also, please review and rate this podcast if you enjoyed it. Thank you, Freethinkers. We are getting close to the end of the podcast. Now, we usually wrap up around the hour mark, but I'm really enjoying this conversation. I have one more kind of like a personal question for you, but um, we'll probably have to keep it quick, just quick question, quick answer, just to kind of keep this expedited. But I know we missed paths uh, at the Libertarian Convention in Reno in May which would have been awesome to talk to you and shake your hand and feel like um, you were surrounded by a group of people every time I had a chance to like talk to you and just didn't seem like the best time. Of course, you're, you're popular, you know, so there's that. But um, I'm happy to see the, the Libertarian Party taking a new direction with the Mises Caucus, which kind of happened over the past year or so with their takeover. And I know you spoke that night with some other heavy hitters like Daniel McAdams, Dave Smith, Zuby, and of course, 
the GOAT, Ron Paul. I also know that you have a, quite a bit of support and fanboys even that lean right or even identify as conservative. And you've spoken at CPAC a few times over the years. You could easily capitalize on that market and easily rise to stardom within the Republican Party. But instead, like you've decided to join the team of ragtag misfits of libertarian anarchists with the Mises Caucus. And uh, I know at one point you're even rumored to be considering a presidential bid with Dave Smith. So I guess my question is like, why the Mises Caucus and what's the draw for you to support this relatively small niche of libertarian thought? Um, I'm a fake hipster. So like <laughs> I need the, the, the actual fresh, new, inventive, um, you know, ideas and energy. So like, um, I'm like, I'm like all of the people in Portlandia, right? I'm, I'm just like a, you know, um, it's, it's more about, um, if it becomes, you should, you should question the mainstream narrative or things that are generally fed to the people. Um, and if you're, someone's getting challenged and pushed back a lot, I'm going to be more interested in those fresh ideas because if it becomes too popular, a lot of times, um, not all the time, but a lot of times the reason why things are popular is because it benefits the state. It does not benefit the people. It benefits mainstream media or corporatized media in that sense. Um, the Mises caucus, they, they got it right. They understand culture. Yeah. Um, they have a, they have an understanding of Liberty. Um, and as far as like, you know, like, like, you know, I chop it up with Donald Trump Jr. at CPAC or this, that, and the third. We follow each other on social media, this, that, and the third. He's a shooter. Um, I, I, I like that Trump energy. I like, I like you know, a brash. Um, and that's, let me clarify what I mean by that. I like brash, say whatever you want, people. Like, I, I just, I'm kind of one of them, right? So, like, there's the, the appeal there. But I think the GOP is far away from what America needs right now. You know, when they started, you know, as they were a third party, like they were like they wasn't it wasn't they wasn't the, you know, the a part of the unit party. They just got big. Right. So, like, um, I think conservative ideals in regards to being fiscally conservative and and like, um, you know, being modest about, you know, like my, my lady's very modest and this, that and the third. I, 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 those values, family, you know, there's overlap, you know. But I think that as what America needs without the baggage, the Republican Party has failed to tell their full story and engage the urban demographic. They have. And they've allowed the left to paint them a certain way and not tell the full story of the history of the Republican Party as it relates to um, fighting against slavery, as it relates to, you know, all of those different things. It just it's, it, it, they, they failed and uh, they've allowed the left and the Democrat PR machine to mm. define them. And it's very hard to do that when they to change that when a lot of their actions show that they're not interested in the demographic, right? So can't do that. Obviously the Democrats are horrible. Um so libertarianism being the third largest party, but then the ideology itself, it just fits. Um all of America could benefit from that. And I, I don't just go to what individually, like, let's keep it real. If I wasn't doing this work, I'd have $10 million in cash by now. There's no doubt about that shit. Like, there's no doubt. I could leverage the, the clothing alone and make a few million a year. There's no doubt about that. Um, but that's not what America needs from me right now. You know, it's like that television, that episode of Batman when he came back, the last one with Christian Bale, and Alfred was telling him, 
you know, the Gotham City doesn't need you to be Batman, right? The, like that time has passed. Gotham City needs your resources and your brain, right? They don't need you to go fight Bane per se. They just need your, your resources and you got to kind of like get in, get, in, get in as a team. And so you got to do what's necessary for the fight and what the American people and humanity in general can benefit from. I don't think that they just need me being a cheerleader for the uni party. I don't. I think that my my skill sets and talents are to enlighten people to a different age and a different thought process, mm -hmm. right? And so, and, and doing it that way, libertarianism is more of what America needs. And the Mises Caucus understands that culture. They understand liberty. They obviously are all babies of the Ron Paul energy. And so it, it's, it's what the hood needs where I live. And most of America um, is has not forget saturated. The market isn't even tapped yet with liberty. So it's a good place to start. And I think they they have their head in the right direction. Um, now that they're a serious foe and um, can tend to pretty much shake the entire political system up, we're going to see who fold and who uh, stays true. So that's going to be interesting to watch in this in this ocean that we're in. But um, but yeah, that's the reason why. And huge shouts to the Mises Caucus. Huge shouts to Dave Smith. Huge shouts to Michael Heiss. Huge shouts to Ron Paul. Huge shouts to Angela McArdle, who just yep. had a baby. Um, huge shouts to Jeff. Huge shouts to everybody. Even if you're not Mises, if you're the Prags or whatever, if you if you bought that Liberty shit and that Liberty action, I appreciate you. Even if you don't like me, I appreciate you. I don't like the American government, but I appreciate <laughs> America and Americans. All right, guys. Well, we are officially at the end of the show. Now, I know we talked about folks donating to your Solutionary Center at give, send, go slash Solutionary, uh, which is so important, guys. Like, we really need to support each other, which, you know, we've talked about during this conversation, especially those who are doing the work in our communities. And you also have a bunch of great merch. In fact, as you saw, I'm wearing your Black Guns Matter uh, hoodie as we speak. And actually, just this morning, I ordered, I, I ordered the Freedom Over Everything t-shirt just to throw some support at you. So definitely check out the shirts, guys, over at blackgunsmatter.myshopify.com. But what else would you like to plug? And definitely tell our listeners where they could follow you. Um, on Instagram, my new page, wait, real quick, to all of you guys that keep saying y'all can get my main Instagram page back, I don't know if this is a, like the ones, the guys that just DM me the fake pages, that's not real. But if if it's somebody that can help me get my main Instagram page at Maj Toure back because it's been banned, look, look me up. You can follow the new Instagram page at Maj Toure, M-A-J-T-O-U-R-E 999, the three number nines. Follow me there. Follow me on Twitter at Maj Toure. Follow our um, Facebook page. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Black Guns Matter. Um, and yeah, just give, guys. Like, we need, we're trying to raise like a quick $200,000 like in the next 20 days. <laughs> so, like, if, if you're a rich dude that's listening to this podcast or rich, you know, young lady, donate. If you want to donate $100,000 and want me to come work for you or help out with what you're doing, if you're a really rich dude, I'm open to that. We we want to keep these classes going and free. So um, gibsongo.com forward slash solutionary. And even outside of that, guys, if you're going through something and if you just want to talk, man, my email is my name at Gmail, majtouray at gmail.com. Send me your number. You know, I'd rather talk to you about this cra crazy thing that you're going through um, than read your obituary and, and never know you. 
So like, you know, stress is up. The time that we're in right now is not normal. You know, there's a, a massive reach on your mind. And so if you're not okay, email me. If you want to talk about some stuff, email me. Let's chop it up and let's just be kind to each other. Dude, that shows so much about your character, brother, because I actually listened to our podcast from September 2020 earlier today uh, just to make sure I wasn't missing anything. And you said the same exact thing at the end of that podcast, man. You opened up the people that opportunity to reach out to you if they needed to talk or if they just needed somebody to vent to. So I personally think that's amazing. Thank you so much for being that kind-hearted, empathetic individual that you are. You're doing good work in every sense of the word. You're a true leader in this movement. I hope you know that. And it's one thing to talk about these ideas, but it's another thing to put them into motion and into action and manifest leadership in real life. So we very much commend you for your voice, your powerful mind, and hopefully we could do this again another, I don't know, year or so. <laughs> for sure. Thanks y'all for having me.